Hello and welcome to the Oklahoma Drill. What a fascinating time it is to be recording an Oklahoma sports podcast. Oh my goodness. Alex, it's just you and me. Mike Stoops is gone. What do we even do? Uh, so, I mean, I know for the last you know couple hours, there's been a lot of like pacing around the room for me. Mm-hmm. Like I literally, I've gone like up and down the stairs in my house like four times just going downstairs yeah. and like walking, not knowing what I was really doing down there. I just would walk down there and be like, oh, I don't really have any reason to be down here. Yeah. Is, and then was, walk back up. Was this like, like a, just, um, was this like a, the Thunder traded for Paul George sort of like, oh my God. Oh, 100%. Yeah. 100%. Like it was a little less surprising than that. <laughs> I must admit, because that was just beyond anything I could have ever imagined. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this was. Yeah, this was up there. Like, in just one of those moments, I will, like, I remember where I was when I found out Bob Stoops was retiring. I will remember where I was when I found out that uh, Mike Stoops has been relieved of his duties as defensive coordinator. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so what do we know at this point? So, Mike is out. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. The interim for the rest of the season is our boy, longtime fans of this man, Ruffin McNeil, will be replacing Mike Stoops yeah. as interim defensive coordinator. Um, I am very, very excited about this, and it's really frustrating. I've seen a lot of people talk about why would we do this? You know, this is a horrible decision. Um, that's stupid because not only is Ruffin McNeil the best. He's also literally done this before at (laughs) Texas Tech. Yeah. He became an interim defensive coordinator and he made their defense better than it was before or has been since he was there. Yeah. The best defenses ever at Texas Tech were under Ruffin McNeil. The guy is a good football coach. He's also an incredible man. Yeah. Could not Um, be more different than Mike Stoops, I think. No. I think that is what, you know, what you look for in an interim coach is you've got to look for a guy that's going to rally the players. You mm-hmm. know, the guy, the guy that everyone can kind of rally around and play for that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think, you know, among other things, I don't think, you know, you see a lot of tweets talking about, oh, we, we appreciate Coach Mike and all that. I don't think the players loved playing for Mike Stoops, though. You know, we've talked about, like, the guy was kind of a dick. Mm-hmm. Um so, I mean, I, I think there was there was some of that kind of always hanging over um, the defense. It's just we don't love this guy. We aren't going to give everything we have for him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I just – that will not be the case with Ruffin McNeil. Yeah. I've never met the guy, and I love him. I would play for Ruffin McNeil. Yeah. Even no. though it would be hazardous to my health <laughs> to do so. Well, look, he would see in you the full sum of your potential, and he would tell you about it. And they would tell you to get those pads a little lower, all right? I don't think he would have to tell me to get my pads lower. <laughs> this is I'm true. gonna be honest. I think my pads are naturally pretty low. He would say he would he would he would <laughs> Which hey, that could play to my advantage. Yeah. He would turn to Neville Gallimore and say, Hey, look at Alex. Look how low his pads are. That's what you need to be doing. You gotta be more like Alex. You gotta get your pads that low because you are great and you can be the best. 
I love it. I love he it. Is so good. maybe that's what maybe. Maybe that's what the defensive line needs. They need a to see a five foot five person, so they can line up against them and, <laughs> they just and get lower than yeah. the five foot five. They person. just conceptually, conceptually, they don't understand being that short. They don't know right. what it is to be that low. <laughs> no, they don't. They don't. Um, okay, so all lot of lot of jokes coming because we're happy. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. Ruffin is in a room. There was like. A brief period of time where we thought it might have been Bob Diaco as interim. Um, so here's here's a question: Is Bob Diaco gonna fill the slot? Yeah, I. He is. I believe he is gonna become. You know, he's gonna replace Mike as a linebacker coach. Yeah. Which, I mean, that's pretty cool that like we have a guy that can slide in and coach the position because yeah. a lot of times whenever this kind of thing happens, you just you're just coaching a man down for the rest of the year. Yeah. Um, so it's it, or like I mean you'll have like you know GAs or whatever kind of fill yeah. in, but the yeah. fact that we have a guy that can kind of come up, yeah, and we fill have that a, role who has done the job before. Yeah, we have a guy who's a former head coach and coached Manti Teo. Right. Yeah, I mean he was the coach of the the Notre Dame defense in 2012 when they went to the national title. Like, yeah, he has a he's got some a pretty good resume um, on him. He has failed kind of miserably at his last two stops, but well, yeah. Though know, it's worth saying, like, you know, obviously that Nebraska defense was bad. It's not like Nebraska's defense is good now. Um, no. Yeah. <laughs> so like, maybe that wasn't on yeah, him. Nebraska, it's our right. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's pretty obvious that Nebraska is in a bad place. And then he was the head coach at UConn, and like. I mean, yeah, there's been point. exactly, like, one coach that's ever been remotely successful there. Mm-hmm. So, I, yeah, I, I don't blame him too much for that. Um, but I am, honestly, I would, you know, I prefer Ruffin McNeil being named the interim coach, you know. Yeah. All jokes aside, just because, like, it is strictly an interim position. You know yeah. what I mean? I don't have to sit here and worry Oh, Ruffin did a great job, and they're gonna uh, name him as the long-term defensive coordinator uh, because I wouldn't. I'm not a big fan of hiring interim coaches. It very rarely works out. Yeah. Um, and the fact that you know it's because it's Ruffin, that's just not even gonna be a concern. Like if Bob Diaco came in and they were good or something, they would. They might feel inclined to hire him full time, mm-hmm. and I just. I would prefer to go outside of the program and find somebody that's going to bring in their own thing. You know, like in 2014, when we wanted to revamp our offense, it wasn't like, oh, we're going to hire someone from within that's, you know, going to tweet some stuff. It was, we want someone to come in with their system mm-hmm. and install it at our school. Like, that's, that's what I want to do. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Um, so... I guess at some point we're going to have to talk about how we got here. Um, and I guess we should start at the end. Um, <laughs> let's record, Let's just take a brief second here to, uh, you know, record the podcast episode we thought we were going to be recording when we woke up this morning. Right. Yeah, I have a little bit of, of rage that I would still like to get out, even though it's not my uh, primary emotion at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I think, and this is, I mean, this is bold, because as we will go through, um, there were many, many, many historically bad defensive performances 
mm-hmm. um, in the second Mike Stoops tenure. But I think he went out on his worst one. <laughs> That's um, so bad. Giving up 48 points. Yeah, giving up 48 points to a mediocre offense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that's probably because if you look at the other ones, like those were at least against like really good offenses, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like the, you think about the Texas Tech game in 2016, Pat Mahomes was the quarterback. Like that was a great mm-hmm. offense that we let light us up. This is Sam freaking Ellinger. And I'm sorry, I'm not buying into the Sam Ellinger hype. I'm not going to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we let Sam Ellinger light us up through the air for over 300 yards. He Sam was... Ellinger has two career 300-yard games. <laughs> who were those against? Go ahead. I said, who were those against? Uh, uh, the University of Oklahoma defense. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, it's literally his two best games of his career have been against us. Mm-hmm. Um, and not like it's not just that. They ran for 177 yards. You know, ran for over four and a half yards a carry. And, oh my God, there were multiple third and 20s in which they were able to convert. Yeah. And that was one of the most frustrating experiences ever because literally before the plays, I was like not sitting there confident that we were going to get the stop. You know, it's third and 20. I should feel really, really good that we're going to get off the field. Mm -hmm. But I sat there both times thinking they're probably going to get this, aren't they? And (laughs) technically they didn't convert either one, but they got so close that they were able to go for it on fourth down Mm -hmm. that it, you know, they were conversions and they stayed on the field and scored touchdowns after them. Um, And that brings me to my next point. And I know I keep going, but this is the worst short yardage defense I have ever seen. It's, um, I mean, it's tied for pretty much worst short yardage defense in history by default. Uh, right. It is yet to succeed in a short yardage situation um, in any capacity. Mm-hmm. It is yet to stop an opponent yeah. from scoring a touchdown once they've entered the red zone. Right. Are we now, I think what they said that going into the game, opponents were six for six on fourth and one or two. Mm-hmm. Um, you would think that just like you would accidentally get a stop, you know, yeah. you would think that like they would convert like, or they would just like fumble a snapper, like a guy would fall down or something. Yeah. But nah, every single time they got it, which tells me also not only are we giving these up, but like we're giving these up on like the least creative plays ever. Like yeah. it's just simple stuff that teams are able to run against this defense and convert yeah. easily. Every single time. And then, additionally, I mean, we just got to keep going on, on the uh, the complaints. This is the worst red zone defense in the country. Again, the worst red zone um, defense of all time, by default. Yeah, by default. They have yet to stop a, an opposing offense from scoring once they are inside the red zone. Mm-hmm. That seems impossible. Yeah, like um, it literally seems impossible. They're giving up touchdowns on eighty-six percent of those possessions. Again, seems impossible to do. Like you would think a team would like get some penalties or something and back themselves up to where they like aren't able to convert for touchdowns, but it just hasn't happened. Yeah, 
Um, it's fundamentally us playing defense in the red zone has just attempting to play defense in the red zone has hurt this team by wasting time that could have been spent. I don't know, going over stretching. They could, they could have been stretching instead and maybe there'd be fewer injuries. I don't know. There's literally anything would have been better than us actually being on the field during those possessions. Um, and that's just incredible. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, so let me, I'm going to finish off this, this part of this portion. Um, we talked about it last, our last podcast. Sorry we didn't record the week of the Texas week, but I was like freaking swamped. I don't know, yeah, but I'm sure I was, Ryan was busy as I well. I was also very busy, and yeah, it didn't work out. Uh, it did not work out. We tried. We definitely tried multiple times. It just mm-hmm. didn't work out. Um, so, Mike Stoops is always his defense. We talked about last time is is kind of built to not give up big plays and you know force teams to sustain drives and stuff. Cool. The concept. It's not. You know, it's not a stupid concept. It's yeah. not an unpopular concept. It didn't work. You know, team last year at all. No, it didn't work. We gave up big plays anyways. Mm-hmm. This defense was different from last year's defense in the sense that they didn't really give up a ton of big plays. Mm-hmm. You know, like we're talking 50-yard touchdown type plays. But what they did was worse in that, like we <laughs> talked about, they forced teams into the red zone, but then they just never stop them. And that is counterproductive. Yeah. If you can't stop a team – if you bend but break every time, that is a counterproductive plan. Yeah. Because, like you said, we could be doing other things. We could be stretching the <laughs> offense. I mean, the offense could be on the football field, and I think our offense is probably pretty good. You know, they seem pretty good. Yeah. Um, um, the yeah. offense could be on the field rather than the defense just playing. It is the defense's fault. Like, they've been playing so many plays. Like, they played – almost 200 plays in the previous two games before this. And I'm not putting that on the freaking offense. I'm putting that squarely on the fact that the defense's entire plan was we're going to try and make them run a lot of plays and hopefully they screw up. That was basically the plan. Instead of like, we're going to make plays on defense. It was hopefully the offense screws up and gives us the football accidentally. Yeah. Which, geez, how, like... Just imagine how demoralizing that must be as a player to have that game plan. Mm-hmm. And, God, speaking of demoralizing, um, I guess we need to talk about the Curtis Bolton thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, which nobody really understands much about at this point, and we won't ever. But, um, right. essentially, at halftime, uh, Curtis Bolton left the stadium and there were reports that he was like yelling about how they weren't going to lose to this team. They weren't going to lose to Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, like there are other reports that Tim Kish had to come out and like convince him to come back or to console him or something. 
Um, and, you know, he tweeted yeah. something to the effect of, you know, don't believe the lies. I don't, you know, I would never quit on this team. I've been here five years, which I believe. I don't think Curtis Walton would quit on this team. I do no. think that he could get fed up with Mike Stoops, who is just an enormous human thumb made of rage and is terrible at his job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I think it. I, I think what I heard uh, was that him and Mike got in a shouting match at halftime. I can't and... imagine Mike Stoops in a shouting match. <laughs> yeah, uh, that led to him wanting to just uh, get out of the situation. Um, yeah, yeah, thankfully he did did come back. Um, it's, I mean, what a wild situation. I didn't even know about it until like I saw him tweet a response about it. But I was like, I have no idea what this is in reference to. I didn't hear anything about this until today. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just a wild thing. And it kind of, I mean, it really seems like this, this, they're, they're just, they wouldn't, they didn't want to play for the guy. I, I don't think. No. And like, sure. I, mean, I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't either. And at the very least, I think, I mean, I think it's reasonable to think that like, they appreciated him because he did in a lot of situations, give these guys the opportunity to play there, you know, Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is fine. But at the very least, I don't think, I mean, you, they couldn't have believed in what they were doing defensively, you know, well, the yeah, fact that it never worked. It's such a defeatist attitude defensively to yeah. just come out and be like, yeah, we're not really going to – we're just going to hope the other team screws up, you know, by making them play a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. Like, I just – I I tend to think that, you know, they will – they will have the, – the morale will be a little bit higher. Um, mm-hmm. They will – I think they will play. And I guess it's not 100%. I saw something that might not be 100% that Ruffin is the guy like they think it is. Mm-hmm. But – they're not 100% sure of that. Yeah. Um, but if it is Ruffin, I think it's pretty reasonable to expect that they would, the morale would be boosted and that they would want to play for Ruffin freaking McNeil. Yeah. Again, um, just the best dude. Um, the best guy. Yeah. Some other things about this Texas game. Hey, here's a weird one. According to SMP Plus, we win this game nine times out of ten. Yeah. Which figure that out that's really really weird yeah yeah very weird um like the reality Uh, is that like our offense was more successful and more explosive than theirs the for pretty much the entire day i mean there were points when it seemed like they were way better than us but like the reality is that like on average we were like 15 percent more successful and like had three more yards per play mm um yeah i think i mean Really, the only problem offensively was the the turnovers. The turnovers, um, yeah. You know, Kyler threw definitely his worst pick of the year. Like he just didn't see the guy. Yeah. You know, like, mm-hmm. and it happens. Like, I mean, that's that's gonna happen at least you know once during the year. Yeah. Um, and then on the next one, like he just he dropped the football. You know, like that that sucks. He can't have that happen. But mm-hmm. you know, at the same time, you look at how well Kyler Murray played. He accounted for five touchdowns. Yeah. and almost 400 yards of offense, like, your defense has to be able to provide you with a big enough margin for error mm-hmm. that you can score 45 and win the game, you know? Like, 
the difference in this game should not have been turnovers when we, our offense was still able to score 45 points. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and that just – the defense had a really, really easy job to do. Mm-hmm. Hold the other team under 45 and we win, and they just simply were not able to do it. Yeah. Um, and that kind of – that was one of the things that made me the most angry, and it also I just fell in love with, with Kyler Murray yesterday. Uh, yeah. Because after the game, like, the dude is in tears, you know, blaming himself for the loss, you know? Yeah, jeez. You know, talking about how his two turnovers really cost him the chance to win the game. And I just, I want to hug Kyler Murray. I feel really bad that that's how he feels. Because, And I understand, like, I mean, it makes me really, like, happy about how he's probably going to bounce back from this. But, um, you know, he was far down the list of reasons why we lost the football game, man. Like yeah. he was very, very good with the exception of really two plays, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, I am, um, man, there is this one play where, um, it's like, I mean, it ends up just being like a busted play that Kyler takes for like a, for like 15 yards or whatever. But it was hilarious mm-hmm. because it was one of those plays where our offensive line, like could have stood there forever. And Kyler mm-hmm. is was just so calm behind them. It, it was really funny to watch because, like, that play could have lasted six minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And he, yeah, he winds up tucking it and gets gets yards. Yeah. He's, he's unbelievable, man. He's so fast. The uh, the first the first down we scored was so impressive. The way he set the defense up. Yeah. Like, because the play design was really cool. Mm-hmm. But Kyler didn't just follow the play design. He like saw that there's a defensive back out there. If I throw it to the receiver right now, yeah. the defensive back might be able to get there. So mm-hmm. he decides that he's going to run that way and make the defensive back commit to him. Mm-hmm. And then he can throw it off to the receiver. And I'm just yeah. like, who has that thought process? Like who's able to process that that quickly? You know what I mean? Like oh, that's yeah. incredible. To yeah. Me. It was, I mean, he was, it was literally like he had um, uh, what's it called in baseball when you have the when a runner is caught between the bases? Is that a pickle? I have no idea. I think it's called a pickle. Sure. It was, it was like he had the defensive back in a pickle, and he was just like right. He just perfectly timed when to throw it to the other guy. It was hilarious. Um, yeah. Mhm. Yeah. No. He he's he's an incredible football player. Like that's really all there is to it. Like, and the fact that. I mean, this offense is is as good as last year's offense. Pro- they might be better. Like they're clicking more at this point of the season than last year's offense yeah. was. Hey, do you just like, want to know? Because I mean, people for because the answer is yes, they are better than last year's offense at this point. Last year, right. which was the best offense in essentially the BCS era forward um, for sure, mm-hmm. um, was uh, I think they finished with like forty. 7.1 S&P Plus. I have the numbers right here What as soon as this website loads. Um, 47.2. Right now, we're at 51.2. Which is incredible, frankly. That's astonishing. That's yeah, so it high. Is, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and just, I mean, last year it took really the second half of that Kansas State game mm-hmm. is when I really thought that the offense really started kind of clicking. Um, yeah. Because we had red zone problems all, you know, for the entire first half of last year. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, 
you know, we're not perfect. You know, the offensive line is, you know, has some busts that, you know, they, yeah, they shouldn't have. They're but working on some stuff. Overall, this offense is, yeah, it's better. It's just a, it's better. It's definitely more explosive. Yeah. You know, like we have so many long touchdowns. It's unbelievable. But, mm-hmm. um, no, I, it's really fun to watch, man. And like, even the fact, like, I don't like our chances to get into the playoff at this point, even if we went out just because there are a lot of really highly thought of teams right now that don't have the hardest schedule coming in. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm going to enjoy the hell out of the the rest of this year, just watching Kyler Murray play football because he is incredibly fun to watch, man. Mm -hmm. Like I loved watching Baker and I'm not saying I like Kyler as much as Baker, but it's getting close. Man, I love watching this guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I and I just I wish I wish we got one more year. I do too. Just one man. more year. I'm so it mad. Sucks. I'm so mad that yeah. this means that Kyler probably won't be able to go to the playoff. He won't be able to. <sighs> He's so good, and this offense is yes. so good. There are just so many. Like and this is to me this is the thing about this offense is that now just the number of sequences in which it's like oh one person made a mistake it's touchdown time is just through the mm-hmm. roof. Yeah, no, it's even more than it was last year because now yeah. the quarterback can take it to the house himself. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, no, it's it's unbelievable to watch, man. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's without Rodney Anderson. Yeah, that's without probably yeah. the best player. Like, that's so stupid. Like, we lost arguably the best running back in the country, and we are still this good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Speaking of running back, mm-hmm. how are you feeling about Kennedy Brooks? I feel like at this point he's the starter. I mean. I agree. I Yeah. Yeah. He's got to clean it up. Like, he had that play where he just went the wrong way. Yeah. Um, and yeah. that got him pulled. But he was very good. You know, he only got three carries, but he was by far the most effective of the the running backs. Like, I thought Marcellia Sutton and Trey Sermon both ran well, Mm -hmm. but it just looked different when Kennedy Brooks was in the game. Yeah. You know, and And I think he's he's that guy. Yeah, I I think Kennedy Brooks is like, he's also the type of runner who sets up Trey Sermon really well. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, I think Kennedy Brooks starting will make Trey Sermon better. Absolutely. I could not agree more with that. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, Trey Sermon played well, you know, yeah. especially at the end of the game. He was playing well like he, mm-hmm. like he normally does. Um, but I think starting Kennedy Brooks, he's going to hit those holes a little faster and he's more a lot more explosive. Yeah. That's I think that's our guy. You know, mm-hmm. we thought it might be TJ Pleasure, but I think I think it's Kennedy Brooks. And mm-hmm. I hope they continue to give him opportunities and. You know, if he can clean up his pass protection and just his, his assignments, I think he's the guy moving forward at running back. Yeah. Um, okay, that's really all I have on the offense. Do we do you have anything else offensively about this game? Um, um, or do you have anything else about this game that you want to talk about? Um, pff, no. We kind of, we vented, we vented about the defense. And... Yeah. <laughs> um, no, not really. Um, okay. So I want to move into another Mike Stoops segment. Um, I want to talk about, you know, kind of run through some notable things that happened under Mike Stoops in his second tenure mm-hmm. um, at Oklahoma, because now that it's over. Um, 
And so let's just go year by year and we can kind of bring out some notable performances. Yeah. Um, obviously, the most famous game in 2012 was the Tavon Austin game. Yeah. Um, let's pull up that box score and we can tell you just how bad that was. Mm-hmm. I believe Tavon Austin, who was not a running back, <laughs> no. he, I think. I think he knew literally two plays going into the game. Yeah. Uh, they installed two plays of him as a running back for this one game. You know, it was a special, you know, package for him. And the man ran for 344 yards. Yeah. The um... Averaging 16.4 yards per carry. <laughs> I think at the time you used the words, Tavon Austin is a hologram. Yeah, he is. That's what he looked like. Like we, yeah. our defense literally could not touch him. Um, that was also, if I remember correctly, I believe that was the debut of what I think Mike Stoops thought might be the uh, next huge innovation in defending the spread, uh, the four zero seven defense. Yeah. Um, in which I believe it was uh, Julie playing middle linebacker-ish. Mm-hmm. Like he was the guy that was kind of assigned to yeah. play against Tavon Austin if he was in, at running back. Yeah, This was a very bad idea. This was the, uh, the Canadian dime. <laughs> yes, the Canadian dime. Um, yeah, a horrible, horrible idea. The thing was about it was, was in 2012, what really sticks out to me is that he basically took Corey Nelson out of the defensive game plan. Yeah. Um, and Corey Nelson was probably the best player we had on defense. Him or Tony Jefferson. It was one of those guys. Yeah. Corey Nelson came back next year and they kind of built the defense around him. Um, yeah. So not <laughs> wise. We also had to yeah. watch a lot of Tom Wart in 2012. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then also in 2012, can never forget the Bedlam game that year. Um, mm-hmm. I believe 50... Oh, crap, what was that final score? 51-48, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, just a, a wild one. Uh, Blake Bell had to uh, get into the end zone on the very last play of regulation mm-hmm. in order for us to send it to overtime. Yeah, 51-48. to 48. Mm-hmm. Let me see how many yards. Yeah, we, we counted for... 618 yards compared yeah. to Oklahoma State's 490 that day. Yeah. Landry um, Jones that was just threw 71 of, passes. <laughs> 71 passes. Just yes. an incredible, incredible performance. Um, yeah, we gave up a lot of big plays in that game, I remember, um, specifically. Um, so, and then, obviously, 2012 ended. And this was Mike Stoops' first year. At this time, all of us were thinking, man, Brent Venables let the talent get really low here, didn't he? Yeah. Um, because as far as we knew, Mike Stoops was good at his job. Mm-hmm. He was very good his first stint in Oklahoma. So we were, I, I know I was. I was still thinking, oh, Mike just needs to get his guys. If Mike gets his guys, mm-hmm. he, can, he can build us a dominant defense. Um, the end of 2012, of course, we, uh, we got lit up by uh, Johnny Football. Yeah. Um, it was embarrassing mm-hmm. 41 to 13. Like it wasn't obviously wasn't just the defense that night, but 
Um, the defense was not a, uh, they were not helping that mm-hmm. night. That is for sure. Um, yeah, it was an embarrassing performance. I remember the thing that stuck out to me was we were so worried about Johnny Menzel running on us. We just kind of didn't pass rush. Mm-hmm. Um, because we were worried about getting out of our lanes and him running. Mm-hmm. The problem with that game plan is that Johnny Manziel ran for 229 yards anyways. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it, nothing, nothing worked there. Um, mm. that was, that was really bad, man. That was such a miserable night. I remember being at that game, being surrounded by Texas A&M fans mm-hmm. and what a miserable time that was. Yeah. Um, so that brings to 2013, we installed the, uh, the three, four defense. We decided we needed a three man front to compete. Mm-hmm. Um, and it went pretty well. You know, we played very well up at Notre Dame that year for some turnovers. I for, kind of forget what those are like. Um, <laughs> yeah, for we were able to force turnovers back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Somehow like. We had Eric Stryker, who was just like this incredible pass rushing guy. Like that was basically all he was good at, and yeah, and um, he was amazing so, at it. So we put, and he and he was very good. And we had guys like Jordan Phillips, Charles Tapper, Gino Grissom, all of which are in, you know, well, Jordan Phillips not currently on an NFL team, um, but he is he was in the NFL. He was a second round draft pick. Um, had some decent talent up there, and 2013 was like. I think we're getting this turned around. Yeah, you know, it was played... a it was a top twenty defense. Well, forced forced turnovers and mm-hmm. were very opportunistic in that way. Um, then twenty fourteen happened. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, the most famous game of that season, just in terms of what sticks out in everybody's mind, we lost real bad to Baylor. Yeah. Got pretty well handled by Baylor in infamous yeah. fashion, I think. And this yeah. was the thing about the loss to Baylor, and it was really like, this was the thing about these Mike Stoops defenses, is even though, like, I mean, in 2014, you're talking about, like, the 33rd-ranked defense in the country, which is not incredible, but, like, you know, that's... You can work with that. You yeah. can work with that. And But the thing is, like, that everybody remembers that one drive in the Baylor game where they just threw comebacks, just, like eight-yard curls all the way down the field. And it worked every single time. Yeah, and we had the the big Julian Wilson explosion on the sidelines where he was yelling at Bob and Mike Stoops. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was, that was not a good day. That yeah. was not a good day. Trevor Knight got paralyzed that day as well, mm-hmm. um, temporarily, obviously. Um, not a good day. Definitely the worst defensive performance, but... In Mike Stoops' defense, Baylor's offense was incredible that year. Yeah. Like, absolutely incredible. Mm -hmm. And there was, you know, we probably were not winning that game because just our offense didn't have enough firepower. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, so that that was an issue. Um, I'm trying to think. There was an, oh, yeah, obviously uh, the the bowl game went poorly that year as well. Yes. We got lit up by Cole Stout. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine if uh, Deshaun Watson had played in that football game? How bad it would have been? <laughs> that would have been, yeesh. Yeah. Well, man, I don't want. <laughs> yeah, I don't like rough. thinking about that football game. 
Um, no. Even though ultimately it wasn't the like the defense was certainly bad, but not the biggest problem at the time. That no, was no, the thing. no. It Remember was, when it was we hated the offense? offense? Remember when the offense sucked? Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, that everybody. Uh, Josh Heupel was the uh, Mike Stoops before Mike Stoops. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Oh my God. I'm looking at Trevor Knight's numbers in that game. Do you? Uh, <laughs> Seventeen of thirty-seven. Okay, not great. Very, very bad. Mm-hmm. 103 yards. So about three yards an attempt, less than three yards an yeah. attempt. Do you remember how many interceptions the man threw? Did he throw three interceptions? <laughs> he threw three interceptions. <laughs> yeah. And, like, the defense held Clemson to 387 yards. Like, we had five turnovers. Like, that, it really was the offense's problem that day. Yeah. Uh, we wound up with 275 yards. Um, but still, we gave up 40 points to Cole Stout, <laughs> who was 20. Cole Stout was 26 for 36 for 319 yards and three touchdowns. Like, yeah. he looked very good. Yeah. Um, it just, yeah, the defense wasn't the main issue that day. Obviously, there were many on the day. Mm-hmm. Um, so 2015, we kind of recreate ourselves and we lead the Big 12 in uh, multiple defensive categories that year. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, like I, I bought in. You know, yeah. I thought we went up to Baylor and played really well because that was Baylor was at the height of their powers at that time. Yeah, and we w- went down to Baylor and and held them. You know, pretty we held them in check. Like they didn't have any huge plays on us, and mm-hmm. it just. It looked like we had finally figured out how to defend these kind of offenses. Yeah. You know, that was really what I came away from that game thinking. And I was like, man, you know, we've got this defensive talent, but it's only getting better. Like, I think that we've got it. I think we're headed in the right direction. Yeah. And it was a, um, it was a top 25 defense it was, that year. It was, re- yeah, it was fine. It was solid in a lot of ways. Um, yeah. Jordan Thomas was actually good at football. Yeah. Like, um, that was wild. We mm-hmm. had two good corners. You know, that's crazy, right? Um, so, I, yeah, I don't know, uh, <laughs> you know, what happened after that. But 2015, it looked like things were headed in the right direction. Yeah. Bringing yeah. us to 2016. Oh, my goodness. It stopped being – we changed direction. It was it was wild. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, it started with – Getting beat by Houston, yeah, in the uh, in the opener, and that no, that really wasn't on the defense. Like the defense, I mean, we gave up a special teams touchdown. Baker had a pick, yeah. Uh, like that was just it, a it, weird game. Or like, he had a fumble that game. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. A pick. It was the fumble, and then the the special teams field the field goal return for a touchdown. Like we got kick sixth, and yeah. Baker fumbled, and you know. That and that was literally the game, you know. Right. Yeah. Um, no, that was. You know, we didn't we didn't make the plays. Our offense was not very good that day. Yeah. You know, Baker was that was probably one of Baker's worst games at OU, honestly. Mm-hmm. Even though statistically it looked pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Baker had a way of doing that. Like even when he played poor, he his stats looked really good. Yeah. Um, gave up forty five points to Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Um, just got basically run off the field. Um, that was embarrassing. They just ran all over us, man. Like yeah. that was. It looked like it looked like men against boys in the trenches in that game. Mm-hmm. Um, that was yeah. That was bad. 
TCU gave up 46 points to TCU. Yeah. Not good. Yeah. That really TCU game was bad. the first game where it's like, okay, we're going to have to score every time. Yeah. Yeah, and it was also like, oh, we can score every time. Yeah, but yeah. We're gonna have to, and that sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, Texas gave up forty to Texas. That was mm-hmm. a bad Texas team. Like that was not even the Texas team we played this week. Like that yeah. was a really bad. That was freshman Shane Bouchelle. Yeah, that Texas. was that was that the was team that lost Texas to Kansas. Team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It was. And so moving ahead a couple weeks, we looked really good against Kansas State, 38-17. Yeah. Um, then we played Texas Tech. <laughs> <laughs> and this game was comical. Yeah. Like, absolutely comical. Yeah. Um, I'm so ready for, like... Let's pull up the box score for yeah. this. In a decade when Baker Mayfield and Pat Mahomes are the franchise quarterbacks in the NFL, like little like 15 year olds are gonna find this game and it's gonna be like they discovered radioactive waste (laughs) yeah (laughs) no it's it's unbelievable let's look pat mahomes stat line in this game 52 for 88 for 734 yards and five (laughs) touchdowns in addition to 12 carries for 85 yards and two more touchdowns (laughs) I had never, like, that was a helpless experience. Like, I had never had so much fun watching one unit of offense. Like, one unit, one side of the ball play, our offense was fantastic. Baker, I mean, Baker was 27 of 36 for 545 yards and seven touchdowns. Yeah. Pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, Joe Mixon was unbelievable in that game. He had 263 yards on the ground and 114 receiving. Yeah. Including like the sickest one-handed catch ever. Yes. Um, so that was that was awesome. Um, but yeah, I had never had more fun watching, you know, one side of the ball and less fun watching the other. Um, where it just I just was like, we have we literally have to score every possession or else we lose the game. Mm-hmm. Like that was that was it. Like there was no, there was zero margin for error yeah. in that game. And luckily. Our offense was good enough for it. Like, they scored every possession, you know. Mm-hmm. Scored 66 freaking points. And we won the game. Um, and that was that was all-time embarrassing right there. Like, that was just unbelievable. Just to give up that many yards. Yeah. We gave up 854 yards. Yeah. 854. That seems impossible. <laughs> it's... 854 yards. It's so many is the thing is that that is oh my god that is two football teams worth of yards i had forgotten do you do you know what tech was on third down that game were they um something like 15 for 25 no no okay they were 20 of 25 oh okay (laughs) 20 of 25 I forgot that they were that. Oh my! And then they were two of two on fourth down. Twenty of twenty-five and two of two of yeah. Two on uh, two for two on fourth down. That so is unbelievable. Yeah, that's the equivalent of twenty-two of twenty-five, essentially. Basically, yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Oh my god! I had forgotten that that happened. Yeah. Holy crap! I yeah I remember because I remember like thinking every third down was just automatic. We were going to give it up. And we gave up all but five out of twenty-five. That's incredible. Yeah, 
Um, good lord. <laughs> so, at, but after that, our defense improved. Yeah, um, we we, you know, the very next week we gave up three points to Kansas. It's Kansas. I know. I know. <laughs> um, but really, for the rest of the season, played pretty solid defense. Yeah. Like I mean. Iowa State scored 24, Baylor 24, West Virginia 28, Oklahoma State 20, uh, Auburn scored 19 in the bowl game. Yeah, just I, played. I don't know. How did you feel by the end of the season about the defense? Um, I still thought it was in the best interest to fire Mike, um, mm-hmm. just because I felt like it could be better, right? Right. But, like, I, I remember I wasn't completely hopeless that it was never going to get better, though. Yeah. At the end of that year. Yeah. But. Because at, that was that was the 55th defense in the country uh, in S&P Plus, mm-hmm. which, you know, right. that's like if we had the 55th best defense in the country last year, we might be talking about looking for a ninth national title right now. Right. Um, yeah, and that's yeah. That brings us to to 2017. Yeah. Um, where I mean, our defense started out really well. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Against... Good performances against, um, obviously UTEP number one, and then obviously we went up to Columbus and played great defense. Yeah. Somehow we played <laughs> great defense up in Columbus. Mm-hmm. I think JT Barrett playing like butt yeah. had a lot to do with <laughs> JT that. JT Barrett but... was real butt that game. Yeah. That was a JT Barrett bad game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so that was one. And then, like, the first real sign that, oh, crap, this defense is terrible was in Baylor. Yeah. Uh, we gave up 41 points to a team that was winless and had looked hopeless up until that point. Yeah, to a team that lost to, um, like, who did they lose to? Like, Liberty? Uh, Liberty. Yeah, they had yeah. lost to Liberty. Um, yeah, they had lost to Liberty, UTSA, and Duke at that point. And That's they almost abysmal. beat us. Yeah. Yeah. And then the next week we give up 38 points to Iowa State and lose. Mm-hmm. At this point, I think um, this team is going to win like eight games. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, then our offense really starts clicking. Or we, we squeak by Texas. Then our offense starts clicking against K-State. Um, and then our defense plays okay until Bedlam game. <laughs> and we give up 52 points. Um, and that game was just another – just hopeless like our offense has to be perfect yeah you know like that was you know it turned out they got a key stop in the last possession of the game mm-hmm. um in a pretty unlikely scenario but yeah they did it um <laughs> so good for them and like they and like if you think about that game if will johnson doesn't pick off that pass in the end zone right before the fourth quarter starts i think we lose that game yeah I mean, we almost take, lost it take anyways. The lead again. Yeah. We almost they, they they take they take the lead back with that touchdown and yeah, we probably lose that game. Baker was like crazy stat wise, but he threw two really bad picks that day. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you remember his like he had five five hundred and ninety eight yards through the year? Because yeah. it was just like bombs to Marquise Brown. It was awesome. Yeah. That was yeah. like the, That was that was when Gus Johnson found a new favorite thing to yell. Yeah, Hollywood. Yeah, uh, Justice Hill. The man had 228 yards on the ground that day. Mm-hmm. Oh God, this is this is this is actually kind of fun now that 
we don't have the defensive coordinator anymore. Yeah. I don't uh, not enjoy this as much, you know, so. Yeah. Um, it, but the thing is, after we played Iowa, or Oklahoma State, what are, our defense got better. Like, they started playing okay. Mm-hmm. And, like, not in a, like, traditionally good way. Like, we kind of stumbled our way into some decent performances. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of what has always been to me is that just, even when the numbers say that we did okay, it didn't feel like we were doing okay. Yeah. Because we were always horrible in short yardage situations. Yeah, and we gave up and we gave up so many big touchdowns. Like Yeah. yeah. Um, so that I mean that oh God. We basically we figured out how to defend TCU last year, and I genuinely think that's why Mike Stoops had a job going into this year. Yeah. Um because um, Yeah. Yeah, he he. We defended them well twice. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, that was. And then, yeah, Rose Bowl. Rose Bowl, which. Rose. Yeah. I mean, look, Nick Chubb is good, right? Sony Michelle yeah. is good. Jonathan Swift is good. Jake Fromm is fine. Um, DeAndre Swift. Is it DeAndre Swift? Oh. Jonathan Swift yeah. was an uh, English satirist. Um, okay. <laughs> DeAndre. <laughs> DeAndre Swift, um, yeah, like these are good players, obviously, um, mm-hmm. yeah, and yeah, and that and like they were, they were good up front too. Yeah, they like, had a great line. It was an inexcusably bad performance, but it was at least to an elite football team. Yeah, it's like the defense you know? was abysmal that day. And we could have won the game if they had played just a little bit better. But like at mm-hmm. least this is a team that makes defense that can make defenses look abysmal. Right. Yeah. And yeah, I mean it, the the most embarrassing part of that was just the the lack of ability to just they just didn't look like they knew what was going on. Yeah. You know. Yeah. That they was just, that was the worst part. They looked out of position. Um, well, because they were out of position. Yeah. Um yeah, they they literally were. Yeah. Yeah, Sony Michelle had 11 carries for 181 yards and three touchdowns on yeah. the day. <laughs> like that's unacceptable. Like that's yeah. inexcusable right there. Yeah, both of their running backs averaged over 10 yards a carry. Nick Chubb averaged 10.4, mm-hmm. 14 carries for 145 yards. Do you remember that run where he broke like six tackles? I do remember that run where he broke like six tackles. Yeah, that was <laughs> that that sucked. And that that's one of those games that like perfectly illustrates the idea that the defense just needed to give the offense a margin for error because yeah. the offense played as well as an offense can play in the first half. We struggled in the third quarter and like two possessions into that third quarter, Georgia was back. They were tied up. Yeah. Yeah. And like, that's just what you can't have happen. Yeah. You know, like if your offense is not going to score for a couple possessions, you got to at least stop them once. Yeah. And like, let the offense give the offense more opportunities to get it figured out before you're in like code red. They are tied up with this mode or yeah. they got ahead. They got ahead before our offense scored again. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what you need. You need that performance from your defense. It's not a hard, it shouldn't be a hard thing to do, but no. they just were incapable. Yeah. And then after all that, Mike Stoops kept his job. Um, got into this year. I was thinking about that, uh, Ford Atlantic game. Mm-hmm. Um, because you know, I think we were both pretty optimistic about how 
the defense looked after that day. Yeah, because Florida right? Atlantic won 11 games last year, and they were coached by mm-hmm. an offensive savant. Like, Right. But if you think about the first couple possessions for Florida Atlantic – yeah. They were very they were very close to the red zone before getting some really costly penalties. Yeah. And we all know what would have happened if they had actually gotten into the red zone. <laughs> yeah. We would have been um, behind in the football game. Yeah. Man, um <laughs> I wish our I wish our boy was just a little bit better in that game because then we might have kept the first team offense in and scored like 80. Um Right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, if yeah, Chris um, Robinson could have yeah. if Chris could have hit his wide open receivers, um, then that would have meant more Kyler Murray for us to watch. Um, it would have, yeah. would have. And now I'm just thinking about how yeah, little and then, Kyler like, the Murray there would be to watch. Just kind of killed that team. Yeah, it did. I know. Yeah, I don't think about that. That's sad. That's sad to think about. Yeah. Um, Okay, so I think what we should do now that we've kind of run through mm-hmm. in a very long-winded way, as is on brand. Yeah. Um, do we can we rank the five worst defensive performances under Mike Stoops? Sure. Um. Um. So I think we can obviously say the West Virginia game is going to be on the list. Yeah. The Texas game from this year is going to be on the list, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. The Rose Bowl is going to be on the list. Yeah. Texas Tech 2016. Uh, Texas Tech 2016 is going to be on the list. And then I guess what's that it, fifth one? It's either Bedlam 2017 or Baylor 2014. Oh, it's got to be Baylor. It's got to be that game because yeah. that's like that's infamous. Mm-hmm. Um, so w- let's start at which one is the worst of? Well, I guess we should start at five and go. To which one, one right? is the least bad? The least bad of those. Of those. Um, I guess I'm going to say it's actually Baylor 2014. That's, I agree. Yeah. Cause that offense was at least like amazing. Yeah. You know, and it was kind of a pick your poison and like our D like our offense didn't help them out at all. Like, yeah, it's so, like, that I mean, was I a game that... where like we're Oklahoma and we should beat Baylor and sure. But like Baylor scored 40 points on everybody that year. Yeah. They, no, they were amazing. They were an incredible offensive team that year. Yeah. Um, and like technically, I mean, not good. I'm well, never mind. They they had five hundred forty four yards, so that's it's still real bad. Yeah, but like <laughs> that team was a like a last second field goal against TCU away from going to the playoff. They were, yeah, they were. Um. Okay, so Baylor's five. What a, what is four? Four. Um. To you. Four to me is the Tavon Austin game. Really? Okay. Um, part of so part of this is that I've literally never actually seen it. I was a freshman in college. You've never seen it? I didn't have. Oh a television. right, you didn't get I, to go. Yeah, and I wasn't there, so I didn't get to see it. I was. Following you need, you need to go watch the highlights of that game. I I, I mean I do, um, but like yeah, I was following okay. along on like the Land Thieves live thread. That's how I experienced gotcha. that game. Um, Man, Rip Lanthes! Wow, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I remember spending a lot of time on that on that website. <laughs> stupid, Jesus. stupid website. Okay, I I'm gonna put. I think 2017 Oklahoma State is fourth. Okay, um, because in it like much like. Oh, it wasn't, was it? 
I mean, you can Wait. put it there if you want. Oh, you're totally right. My bad. My bad. We had West Virginia, Georgia, Texas, and uh, Texas, Texas Tech. Tech. My bad. Yeah. My bad. Yeah, I'm going to go – I'm going to say Georgia. Okay. As four. And the only reason I'm doing that is because Georgia was a really good football team. Yeah. And we played – good enough defense in the first half of that football game to get a pretty substantial lead. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, technically they did their job for like a half. Um, so I'm, I'm going to say Georgia at four, even though it was horrible and horrendous. Like it was terrible, but yeah. this is, I think these other ones were yeah. a bit worse. This is actually a little bit hard. Yeah. Um, I'm going to, I put West Virginia at four cause it was Mike's first year. Right. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like, the Tavon Austin stuff, like, that's, you know, we should have been better at that, but Tavon Austin is legitimately very fast and very good. Mm-hmm. And, like, a weird gimmick yeah. like that, like, yeah, that, that can trip us up. And ultimately, we win that game, is the other thing. Right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've got West Virginia at three mm-hmm. because we tried to run a four zero seven defense. Well, yeah. <laughs> like I think like I think that's bad enough. Like that was the first real sign of like, oh, Mike Stoops is actually just clueless. Like he mm-hmm. doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah. He you forgot know? he and, forgot why linebackers, you know. Yeah. He forgot that they exist. Yeah. Um that that was just he just completely unbelievably failed to bad to watch. Like, yeah, he just completely failed to understand the role of linebackers in defending a spread. Like Right. Um Yeah. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um my number three, and this is wild, um, but my number three is actually going to be the Texas Tech game. Okay. Uh and there's a few A, like Pat Mahomes is like legit amazing. Um like, yeah. He's... Okay. Real, real quick, real quick. Real, sorry, I, I don't want to interrupt you, but just the more context for the West Virginia game. Yeah. They had 778 yards. But go ahead. No, for sure. I'm sorry. Like, look, all <laughs> I, this top four, like these are all basically fireable offenses. Um. Yeah. So, like, but to me, like the thing about so my number three is the Texas Tech game, um, because like. And like my excuse here is that like Pat Mahomes is actually like amazing. Like he's kind of doing this, yeah. not to this extent, but he's kind of making like NFL defenses look silly right now. He's killing NFL defenses. Yeah. 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 Um, so like, okay. and there were, there were a lot of situations like they're like our performance on third down was abysmal, but we got them to third down 25 times. Um, Pat Mahomes just always balled mm-hmm. out when he needed to. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, that's that's my number three. And then you said that West Virginia is your number three? Yeah, West Virginia is my number three, which makes Texas Tech my number two. Mm-hmm. Because, and again, and the reason why it's not number one is because, yeah, Pat Mahomes is amazing. We gave up 854 yards. Most of the time, yeah, that would be number one. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm going to put it at number two. Oh, like, you know, I think this Texas game was worse because, yeah, Pat Mahomes is an unbelievable quarterback. Like he's doing it in the NFL against big boy defenses. Like that dude's a stud and like, not just him. Like they had really good receivers. Kiki QT is a really good NFL receiver now. Yeah. You know, like they had, they had legitimate playmakers all over that offense. 
and we couldn't stop it. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be my number two for, for those reasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, my number two is the Georgia game. Um, okay. And like, again, like we're talking about a really like a team with like elite players on it. Um, but the reason it's worse than Texas mm-hmm. tech is that like Texas tech, like, you know, it's, it's frustrating because I feel like our game plan was poor in that game. Right. Um, just in terms of like, you know, but just like what we were executing wasn't effective in mm-hmm. the Georgia game. It didn't seem like we were prepared to execute anything at all. Like right. just players, like we weren't prepared to play defense in a way that would be effective. Um, and like the, the thing I always remember is this play where like literally there are no defensive players lined up to the outside shoulder of Georgia's strong side tackle. Yeah. Like, there's just not anybody there. Right. And, like, yeah, there are a couple, like, on Sony Michelle's first touchdown run, like, the middle of the field is just completely vacated. Um, they send a man in motion, and our middle linebacker guy sprints out there with him. Um, and that that was bad. Um, and then there was another one later where it's just, like, you li- they lined up, and I was like, oh, they're going to get – I think it was, like, third and six or something, and they ran a draw and scored a touchdown. And, like, before the play, I'm like, they're going to get a big play on this. You know, just by the way we were lined up. Like, it yeah. just – we were just not in position, like, from the very beginning, from before the play started to be successful. Um, so, yeah, that – I mean, it was – that was bad. Yeah. Um, for um, sure. So, we have the same number one. Um, we too. And my reason for it being number one is that, like, in every other game we talked about, we talked about a guy who's playing on Sundays – I don't know who on this Texas team is right. playing on Sundays. Yeah, well, I mean, at least a guy that I mean, I think Lil well, Jordan, Lil Humphrey, Jordan Humphrey will, will be, yeah, and you know, and like, yeah, no, and but the the thing is, like, Texas. I mean, uh, I'm blanking on the quarterback, Ellinger. Sorry. Ellinger. Ellinger yeah. looked like a freaking pro quarterback throwing all over us. Mm-hmm. Their offensive line has been pretty mediocre far this year. Mm-hmm. They were pushing us around. Yeah. In every way, like they could do whatever they wanted, and then we just could a slant. Like we just didn't know how to do yeah. that. We didn't understand yeah. that. Like, oh, it's third and three. We should not let them get inside leverage on us. Yeah, I so they can get this yeah. easy pitch and catch first down. I didn't get to see um, a lot of the game live. I was out working, um, but yeah, like I was following along on Twitter and just like seeing Josh McQuistion tweet something like. Um, Oh yeah, can't a, a slant is literally the only thing you can't let them do there, and just knowing, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, and like if you look at like all levels of the defense, the defensive line got pushed around all day, didn't provide any kind of pass rush. The linebackers missed a billion tackles. Yeah, which um, were not successful yeah. stopping the run at all. Let's talk about missed tackles because I think a lot of people think that missed tackles are individual failure. And in some ways mm-hmm. they are, but fundamentally, this is a thing I've seen a lot of coaches and analysts say, missed tackles are a result of poor positioning and positioning right. is ultimately something that is taught. Yeah. Well, and like, that's one of the things that you, you know, every, I've, I've heard a lot this year was, well, the o- OU's defenders are in position. They're just not making the play when they're there. And I think to a certain extent, 
they are, I think they are close to the position they need to be in. Yeah. You know, I yeah. think they're, they're not, they're not 100% because they don't have like the leverage to be able to get the guy down from where they are. Like they're just in like a little bit the wrong place. Yeah. And that's causing them to not be able to take the guy down. Yeah. They're also using poor tackling techniques. Like don't, yeah. I mean, you've got to admit that too. This like obviously, yeah. like, I mean, how many, how many times have you seen our defensive backs just try to like light somebody up and miss or just mm -hmm. not have that effect on them? Like it's yeah. been a lot. Um, but yeah, it is in like, just they're failing to tackle on many, many levels, yeah. you know, positioning technique. Like there are a lot of reasons why this defense is not tackling and speed and athleticism is absolutely not one of them. Yeah. And I don't think strength is either strength isn't either. You know, it's just, they aren't, they're just not doing it. Yeah. You well, know, it's like in the, in this game, like there was a third and 20 and like Ellinger finds, um, Lil Jordan Humphrey, like in the middle of the field, like five yards down, and like it was a screen. It was literally it was a screenplay. Yeah, yeah. So and like the defense gets to him and like wraps him up, sort of, I guess. And then he yeah. just keeps moving forward, and we can't get him to fall down until yeah. the offensive he drags line is him pushing seventeen him. yards. I drags think. them seventeen yards, and now right. instead of instead of third instead of fourth and seventeen, it's fourth and one, and they convert. Yeah. Well, and I think that like I've talked about the, the mentality of the defense of like just being so unaggressive and that's like that, that is right there, yeah. right there. That's it. Because they like, they think that all they have to do is get there mm -hmm. and then the, they've won the play well, and, but yeah. they just know like you have to bring the guy down. Mm -hmm. Like that was absolutely a situation. They had like three guys in, in position to make the play and they didn't. They use poor technique in terms of bringing the guy down. So, um, yeah, just I mean, there there are just too many problems with this defense to really even mm -hmm. go through. You know, it's just it's it's embarrassing, really. Like, and the fact that you know this is we finally fired him now. You know, mm -hmm. like uh, this is the breaking point. Um, well, at least he went out with a bang. Um, Last thing I want to do talking about this is when did you know 100% we have to get a new defensive coordinator? Like, this cannot keep happening. It's done. We have to have a new guy there. Um, for me, this is after the Texas Tech game uh, in 2016. <laughs> mm -hmm. that, that's when I was like, all right. Um, that can't ever happen. If that happens, you have to fire your defensive coordinator just like as a matter of honor, I guess. Like, right. yeah. like just, when just somebody does something yeah. they should be fired for, you should fire them. Um, yeah. And that's what happened. Um, right. And yeah, I felt sorry. I keep interrupting you. Mm -hmm. That's fine. Uh, well, I just, I felt like, you have to fire them just to show that you have standards. Yeah. yeah. You know, like if you're going to let that slide, you're probably going to let anything slide, you yeah. know? Um, so I thought that that was a pretty big, big deal that they wound up keeping Mike Stoops after that kind of performance because yeah, any, anywhere else in the country, did you see Nick Saban? Did you see how pissed off he was about how his defense played this week when they gave up 31 to Arkansas? <laughs> yeah. It's, 
yeah, it's just a, yeah, it's a different level of standards. Yep. Yeah. So that, that is the same for me. Like that was when I was like, okay, this, this can't happen. Like you can't give up 854 yards and keep your job. Like it's just, especially when it had basically happened before when we gave up 778 to, to West Virginia, I was like, no, this is it. Surely we can't keep him at least beyond this year. Yeah. Um, so in hindsight, when do you think is, when should we actually have fired him? Um, like when would have been best for the program? And let's keep this out of 2012 because no one would have fired him after 2012. Yeah, no, you're, you know, like Like, it's his first year. Yeah. Um, this is actually kind of a tricky question. Um, to me, I think the answer is actually, um, uh, he should have left when Mike left. Um, or when Bob left, sorry, that was wrong. Uh, when Bob left, I think if he had left when Bob left, um, a defense couldn't have gotten much worse um, in okay. 2017. So after that 2016 season? Yeah. Um, the defense couldn't have been much worse in 2017, though, and I've thought about this a little bit, it right. could have been worse in different ways, and maybe like we lose a game we shouldn't have lost, or we should have, you know. Like, that season maybe plays out differently, um, despite the fact that the defense might mm-hmm. even be better, you know, because it really couldn't right. have been worse. Um, right. And then we would be into a year of a new guy with a new system, you know? Yeah, we'd be in year two with, and we'd have Kyler Murray playing quarterback. Like, we'd yeah. probably be in a really good situation for that. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to go a little bit earlier. I'm going to say that I think we should have completely cleaned house after 2014. Mm-hmm. Like, we, we fired the offensive coordinators. I think we should have done a clean sweep of both sides of the ball. And I know that's like, a really hard thing to do and it just doesn't happen very often. Yeah. Um, but I think that would have been the best time to do it. Mm-hmm. And maybe we don't make the playoff in 2015. Like yeah. that's entirely possible. Yeah. yeah. And um, like, but yeah, go ahead. If going into 2016 and 17 with Baker freaking Mayfield and Lincoln Riley as our offensive coordinator of going into those years in a year, two or three of a new defensive coordinator, mm-hmm. um, you know, barring, you know, if we hired a solid coach, like, you know, I think, you know, like you can just make like an average hire that gives you an average defense. Like, that's what we needed those years. Yeah. You know, so maybe we suffer a little bit in 2015, but have a better 2016 and 17. Mm-hmm. Because let's not, let's not get it lost in here. Uh, Tim Kish also <laughs> should have been gone a long time ago. So. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully the end of Mike Stoops means the end of Tim Kish because yeah. I can't, I can't do, I can't do his recruiting thing anymore. And his, <laughs> I mean, his guys, it's not like his player, like his linebackers are terrible at tackling, even though they're freakish athletes. Like, mm-hmm. let's, it's, it's time to be done um, with him as well. Um, yeah, God. So, is there anything else we want to go to, like? I mean, we can talk about what the rest of the season is going to be like later. You know, like we have a bye week, you know, yeah. like we can do something like that. I think maybe a, a good bye week topic could be we could talk about some guys that we might look at to replace Mike Stoops. I don't know. Yeah, I think that, that could would be, be interesting. Fun. Yeah. Because um, um, I definitely did not have already have a list made of, <laughs> of guys that I would be interested in if, if we were to ever fire Mike Stoops. Mm-hmm. 
talk a little bit about that. Um, but yeah, no, I think I think that's a good place. We kind of we were able to complain. We were able to go over history. Yeah. Um, this was I, I enjoyed this. No, I enjoyed this. this. Was, I feel this better. Good. I yeah. feel better now. I yeah. I don't know how I would feel if we didn't have this news to report today. But I'm I'm happy that no, it, I, there. Like I, I texted Ryan yesterday saying that we're gonna have to make this next podcast an explicit podcast because I wasn't gonna be able to talk about that game without dropping like forty f bombs. Yeah, conservatively, like <laughs> it was, you know, there was gonna be a lot of cursing um, if if this had not happened. So, but it put me in a much better mood. Um, not and like again, I don't think the defense is gonna be fixed for this year, but at least like we're not going to be doing the same thing we've been doing for years now. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, okay. I think that's about all we have. Celebrate tonight, you know, responsibly. Um, or I'm assuming you'll probably be listening to this tomorrow, but the celebrations will continue through Monday. That's not at all. That's not at all surprising. This is a momentous occasion. Um, all right. Thanks for listening to the Oklahoma drill. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, the Google Play Store, or Podbean. Uh, follow us on Twitter at RWMaxi and at Alex P. Purdy. If you like the podcast, uh, leave us a review or share it with a friend. Um, both of these things help other people um, learn about this thing you like. Um, and we'll be back at some point in the coming week um, to talk about some more stuff and really breathe in the bye week. Um, all right. Later. Later.